We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to our podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday. We are back. We're excited to be here. Uh, how you doing, Andrew? Yeah, it's a lot more fun to do the show after a Packers victory than a Packers loss, right? It's true. <laughs> we're, we're always the one flipping the script to the next week, and uh, we will do that today, of course. But, um, yeah, it, it's exciting to be back after the Packers put on the kind of performance, at least in the second half, that we really expected out of this team for the 2021 campaign. Uh, this is episode 1157, and uh, we're keeping with this tradition of jersey numbers. So, you know, 57, it's weird because last week I dropped in a little nugget about Ken Bowman replacing the previous week's player. Um, and, you know, he was a center uh, for the Lombardi Packers and, and now a Packers Hall of Famer. Um, but when I think of 57, it, it always brings me back to Chris Giese, uh, who is, if anything, a special teams role player. So it's weird that you'd pick him out. But for anybody that was around and remembers the Packers game after 9-11, and of course, this is fresh on my mind, having the, the 20th anniversary you know, Gizzi leading the team out of the tunnel at Lambeau, carrying the American flag. It's hard to not get emotional about those kind of things. And so I would just encourage people, if you don't know that story, look up Chris Gizzi. It's G-I-Z-Z-I on YouTube. There's, I'm, I'm sure the video is out there. And it was just a really cool moment for a guy who, who played at one of the military academies in college. To, to get to lead the team out after 9-11 happened. Um, it, it was a, a very cool moment and, and, and something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. But Kyle, speaking of Lambo and the tunnel, Lambo. you and I, uh, we, we, we had a little bit of an experience on Monday, right? Yeah, man, it was a ton of fun. We got to be there. I, I shared it was just my second time being there 
ever. And I mean, the first time going there, like there's a, there's just an experience of walking out, you know, through the, your little tunnel to your seating section and being there for the first time after watching games and games. And really, the magic was there again for the second time in just the same way. So an incredible game. So much fun to be there. Thank you for, for hosting me, letting me come out and, and hang out up there in Green Bay with you. And, uh, man, we, we did get to see a really fun football game. And really, for me, this was the first time regardless of whether it was at Lambeau or at another football game that I remember, at least recently, sitting in an end zone. And so that kind of changed the experience. I think we kind of referenced that together, that there were things that we got to see that were a little bit different from that vantage point than maybe we would even see from a corner, obviously from the 50-yard line or something like that. But uh, was there anything that, you know, you enjoyed seeing from that perspective? Yeah, it's fun. I I think, you know, you and I talked about this during the game. It's it's hard to tell if a run is for two yards or eight yards, right? Right. You don't necessarily have the kind of depth perception that you want to have. But the the fun part is you get to watch the matchups on the outside. You get to see plays as they develop a little bit more clearly. And and so that definitely, you know, I, I don't always appreciate sitting in the end zones, but for, for that matter, especially, you know, sitting next to somebody like you where we're talking a little bit more, you know, strategy and and uh, matchups and, and things like that, that was really fun. It was, and it is a lot like playing Madden in some ways, the way that you see the field, the way you see those plays developing and those kinds of things. It's interesting, just a different experience from down there. So that was fun. And then we talked about the punter, right? So this is a new development. We didn't know that we were going to get Corey. You're going to have to help me. Bjorkes. I keep, I always butcher it. Right. So uh, Bjorkes really punted pretty well. Like, and obviously warmups, it was fun to watch him place the ball. And then throughout the game, to see the trajectory that we saw him punting. And then obviously when you add in the players and players uh, have the opportunity to field or fair catch, and those, it doesn't. But man, I mean, he was punting really, really well. And that was a lot of fun to watch as well. Yeah, I pointed out at halftime after they did the Ted Thompson celebration, uh, Bjorkes was was kicking our direction. And there were three consecutive balls that he hit that just died. And, yeah. and like at the, he was trying to cough in corner, which is something that punters just don't do anymore. Um, but he was directional kicking, and the ball was landing inside the five and just settling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see if he gets some of those opportunities. He had one really nice punt in the second half um, that I I think the Lions punt returner kind of scooped up and ran out of bounds right away to not let it fall any further, but it looked like yeah. he was going to have a, a repetition of that. So um, really cool. I'm excited to see more of him after the J.K. Scott experience. Yeah, and it was one thing to see him do it once. I think we looked at each other like, that's a pretty good directional punt, right? And then he did it again, and I think that third time that we were like, oh, he – seems to be just able to do this. So it's kind of a cool thing. The third thing time to watch. it seemed like the ball was a brick. Like it just right. <laughs> landed at the one and stopped moving. Yeah. Defied physics altogether. So uh, I am excited to, you know, as as excited as you should get about a punter. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. Yeah, that's the level of nerd that we're on here, but it was fun. Hey, so we also uh, got to observe, you know, live in the stands. Things are different, right, than when you watch on TV. And we had the privilege of sitting around some some fantastic folks, really. But they had a little bit too much to drink, I would say. And at, at the point in the game when it started to rain, you know, everybody's scrambling for their ponchos, except for us, because we're, you know, stubborn idiots who don't think about those things, right? So we're just sitting there thoroughly 
determined that we're just going to, you know, get rained out. It's not going to be a big deal. But the people in front of us who've enjoyed themselves and had too much to drink, they're scrambling for their ponchos. And watching someone who's had just a little bit too much try to get into basically saran wrap is pretty much one of the most hilarious experiences I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, that was a struggle that went on for about 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, if there were not such a great football game going on in front of us, I think that would have been worth the price of admission uh, by itself. But I will say, Kyle, on Tuesday morning, I did make a special trip to the store and bought two ponchos and threw them back in my vehicle. So That's that good. will not happen again. They'll be prepared for the next time around. That'll be good. Uh, and really, like, I mean, just a couple more. We were, you tell me, I don't know, like north or south which which end zone we were sitting in but we were in the north end zone. north end zone so watching some plays develop you know going the opposite direction was a lot of fun we saw Devonte adams deep catch you know developing right so we were at the end of the throw and then it hanging in the air for his big reception was a lot of fun on that third and 12 i think and then we saw the the Tunyon touchdown that I got all excited because right out of the snap, I thought I saw Lazard breaking in. I was like, Lazard, he's wide open. He's, and then he just bypassed him and threaded the needle right into Tunyon. So some things you see on TV that were really, really cool. But just that ability to watch things develop was a lot of fun from that perspective. So thankful for the opportunity. And, man, it was was great to leave with the, with the win uh, on Monday night. Yeah, great, great, uh, great atmosphere from the fans and certainly really, really fun to get to hang out with you again and uh, attend that game. And so uh, now we turn our attention to next week. And and I think th- this was covered really well uh, by yesterday's show. And, and I think, you know, we, we know that typically Saturdays are the injury report show as well. And so uh, we'll get some updates on that Elton Jenkins injury. But that was the big news this week. And so um, anything to add to that, Kyle? No, you said, like, we're going to keep you guys in the loop on this. It's something that will, I think, increase in clarity as we get closer to the weekend, obviously. Uh, but Ryan Wood tweeted today that Matt LaFleur says that the Jenkins injury is is doing better, uh, but he will not practice. This is today uh, being Thursday. And that LaFleur actually wasn't sure when that injury took place versus the Lions, and then he just kind of gutted it out and finished the game. So it sounds a little bit more optimistic than maybe it did yesterday when we just didn't know that Jenkins had an injury sounds like something they're giving him time Um, but anything that when you report he's doing better I think is a good sign so stay tuned the team will keep you up to date obviously Jenkins has just been playing out of his mind and you want him on the field when they play uh, this coming weekend yeah and you you want 100% Elton Jenkins going up against Nick Bosa absolutely Uh, and, and certainly that's you know a scary thing that uh I don't know what the Packers would do without Elton Jenkins yeah, right now. I don't um, want to think about that. Yeah, so maybe that's a Dennis Kelly situation. I, I, I'm not sure, but uh, definitely with, with an elite pass rusher, uh, you know, being forced to match up with on Sunday evening, I would really, really hope Elton is able to get out there and be about as effective as possible on maybe a little bit of an injured ankle. Yeah, we don't want to, you know, think about those possibilities. Of you mentioned Kelly, and then we know Runyon has the history at tackle, and the things that we just don't want to entertain because things are going so well there for for Elton. So wishing him the best and a quick recovery going into the weekend. But you've probably learned by now that Fridays on the Back of Day podcast 
are all about key matchups and X factors. We do take some time every single Friday and dive deep into the Packers' upcoming opponent, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in that game. And then, of course, we share our X-Factor prediction each week. Uh, Week two against Detroit went much better than what we witnessed in week one in Jacksonville, but there are still some questions to be answered for this Packers team. This is a team that's still growing into their 2021 form. Uh, We've got a 49ers team here coming up that's certainly going to provide some challenges, challenges that would be True for any team, I think, in the NFL that would face the 49ers, but challenges that might even be more interesting given the Packers roster construction and their points of strength and weakness. So we're going to jump in and talk about how we think that the Packers match up with these San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so my first key matchup is going to be the Packers running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon versus the 49ers linebackers. And through the first two games, the San Francisco linebackers have been quite mediocre, especially what the expectations were coming into the season. Fred Warner is rated as the 28th linebacker in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. Dre Greenlaw has barely played, and they're relying on Azir El Shair taking a bunch of snaps. And if you know who that player is, uh, you're more aware than I am because I don't. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I think he's taken right around 130 defensive snaps. So I think most of the struggles of their defense have been results of opposing offensive lines being able to get to the second level and get at their linebackers. And Fred Warner, albeit some people call him the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL, you know, coming off of last season where he was just absolutely spectacular. He is the kind of guy that if you can get your hands on him is not going to be that effective because mm. he is a, he, he relies on his speed, his quickness, his ability to get to the ball. But a lot of times when those interior offensive linemen can get their hands on him, not quite as effective. So Jones showed how effective he can be when he gets through the line clean. And I think we could really see a nice game from both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon if the Packers offensive line can just manage the, the 49ers front and give Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon some opportunities one-on-one in those holes with the linebackers where I I think they can, you know, make some some missed tackles and uh, create some some nice chunk plays out of that running game. Yeah, it's going to be a good test for this young offensive line, especially that interior offensive line who's playing pretty well, uh, but this will be a great test to see. You know, if you had someone like Corey Lindsley playing in his 2020 form, you, you like that matchup and ability for him to get out there and Uh, in space and get his hands on those linebackers. But uh, my X factor last week was Dylan, of course, uh, thinking that the running backs would play a big key in the game. They did. They just didn't need Dylan because Jones did it all himself. So uh, hoping that that continues here running into week three with these 49ers. It's going to be a big part of that game and getting that win. But uh, the Packers defense versus the 49ers quarterbacks is my next one here. And I don't know that I've ever had this matchup before as a, as a singled out matchup necessarily, but it's interesting that through two games, Jimmy Garoppolo has played 121 snaps for this 49ers team. Trey Lance, the rookie quarterback, of course, has played just four snaps. I know that the 49ers are committed to letting Lance learn and acclimate, you know, slowly and get into things. But they've shown that they will use him in kind of some of those change of pace ways. Someone who's absolutely a threat to run on just those limited opportunities that he's got. 
And so I have to wonder if Kyle Shanahan will use him more like that this week. The Packers are clearly trying to figure out their identity on defense. Uh, They faced a quarterback in Jared Goff last week that is not incredibly agile or known for his ability to run. But we were joking in the stands, Andrew, about him looking a little bit like Lamar out there at times, avoiding the, the pass rush or scrambling for chunks of yardage at times. And so that's Goff. And so I can imagine Kyle Shanahan seeing this as an area of this Packers defense that he wants to test at least a little bit. Uh, If the game stays on script, maybe things go a little bit more vanilla and they just run the ball and we see a lot of Jimmy. But if the Packers are able to score early and often, I think it's going to be interesting to see if San Francisco decides to fire up Lance and see if Green Bay and Joe Barry can hang with that curveball in this game. Yeah, that'll certainly be interesting. I think it relates pretty well to my next key matchup, and that is the 49ers offensive line versus the Packers defensive line. And, you know, the panic that is going out through the Packers Twitter sphere and and Packers universe everywhere is, how bad is this defensive line? And, uh, you know, there's some fairness in that statement, certainly. I, I do think there's maybe a little bit of an overreaction after two weeks, but this is going to be a tough matchup again. According to Pro Football Focus, Trent Williams is ranked as the top offensive tackle in the league. Lakin Tomlinson is number four as a guard. Daniel Brunskill is 13th as a guard. Alex Mack is 12th as a center. And Mike McGlinchey is rated 43rd. So, you know, if if you if your ideal is every team is going to have somebody in the top 32 of those positions, the 49ers are dominating yeah. uh, that, that offensive line. Uh, pro football focus grading. And so we know what the Saints did in week one. And my main concern with this game is that we could see a little bit of a repeat. Certainly, we have no clue what is going on with the 49ers running back situation, right? That's going to help because there's going to be a whole lot of inexperience coming at the Packers out of that backfield. But the Packers are going to need a great performance from Kenny Clark and I think TJ Slayton. Mm. And it would probably be a good idea if Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster would stop being terrible. <laughs> So the, the Packers have to keep the 49ers in third and medium if they want any chance to win this game. I really do believe that. I, I think the 49ers' path to victory, which we're going to talk about later, is is uh, you know sustaining long drives, keeping the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, because I'm not sure that their defense and secondary is going to be able to hold up uh, against this Packers offense. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. Did you know that two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they turn 35? Spoiler alert, there's a reason I usually wear a hat when recording my Packaday videos. As I've gotten older, my hairline isn't quite what it once was. That's why I decided to try Keeps. Keeps has been so easy to use, giving me access to easy hair loss treatment and prescription medication delivered directly to my home. 
Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair with treatments starting at just $10 per month, and Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash packaday to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash packaday to get your first month free. keeps.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I laugh when you say, you know, Lowry and Lancaster need to not be terrible. But the reality is, like, the Packers have kind of doubled down on these guys, right? Like, they've had opportunities to move on from Lowry from a salary cap standpoint. And Tyler Lancaster is a role player that they just seem to have not really felt the need to move on from and improve um, at that spot. So these guys can be those players. They just need to play up to at least that average impact player role that the Packers have seen them in. So that's a big deal. So uh, my next one here is rookie corner Diamador Lenore versus the Packers wide receivers. And the 49ers have Josh Norman and they have Kawan Williams at corner. But it's actually this former Oregon rookie corner, Lenore, who leads the 49ers in snaps at corner with 146. And he's really played admirably through two weeks. He had the Lions receivers in week one, so no one's like 
freaking out about that. But then he did well holding up against Devon, uh, Devontae Smith in week two as well. So PFF has graded him very, very well, and he's currently the ninth highest graded rookie in the class regardless of position. Obviously, small sample size through two weeks, uh, but not too bad for a fifth-round pick for these 49ers. Uh, but the script changes just a little bit this week when he faces Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, MBS, and I don't honestly know that I expect Devontae to get the rookie the whole game. I think he'll have some different matchups, but even if MBS is the receiver who draws this matchup, I just know that Aaron Rodgers is itching to make things right with Marquez after missing him a handful of times in that Monday night game. So uh, sometimes we talk about players who are playing poorly, and that's why it's a tantalizing matchup to watch. But this week, it's because we have a rookie who's exceeding expectations here uh, for the 49ers. And it'll be really fun to see how he holds up against some of the best offensive forces in the league in Devontae and Rodgers and MVS is that deep threat. So uh, those are our predictions for the matchups that you want to keep an eye on this week for the 49ers Packers. But of course... We've got to get to our X-Factor predictions for the week. Uh, We make fun of ourselves for how often we bombed these. Uh, But, Andrew, you nailed it this past week. So I'm going to give you the floor here to do what you do best and give yourself a little bit of credit. I'll be riding high on this win (laughs) for the entire season. But, yeah, so I I mentioned Devondre Campbell as my X-Factor last week. And I just thought, good or bad, he was going to be a key factor in a win or a loss. And he's been such a nice addition to his defense so far. And I really do think he could end up being a huge factor for the rest of the season. Um, you know, if he can continue the success through the first two weeks and, and I think really helping to make this a turnaround for the defense that I, I really, I, I have some optimism is, is going to be an improving unit as, mm-hmm. as the season progresses. Yeah, credit to you. There was a lot of fun in that, especially the second half of the game where it just felt like every play was Devondre Campbell and you freaking out yelling his name was a lot of fun to (laughs) to experience next to you. But all right, so it's week three. We've turned the page. Who is your X Factor for this week in this game? Yeah, I'm going to keep this really simple. I'm going to go with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and you you talked about it a little bit. Uh, he was so close to having a huge game last week. And so for some reason, Aaron Rodgers and MVS continue to not be on the same page. There's just something always a little bit off with their connection. But Kyle addressed the issues the 49ers cornerback room has, and I really think MVS is going to be the beneficiary this week, and I, I'm looking forward to him having a big game. Yeah, I call MBS my X Factor in week one because I really thought he was going to be firing on all cylinders and we wouldn't be able to touch him here as an X Factor. But I mean, it doesn't matter if you listen to national media or if you pay attention to fantasy football, people are selling MBS just saying, you know, he's not the player that the Packers hyped him up to be in camp. And the reality is he was close to having two, maybe three touchdowns this week. Uh, on those shots if they just would have connected. So we're not too far. Maybe we get it here in week three. But Adrian Amos is going to be my pick here for the X Factor. The 49ers are a tough team because they can be so creative in how they beat you. Uh, they've got a commitment to the running game. And it really doesn't matter who the running ends up, running back ends up being. They're going to find a way to get those ground yards. 
But then they're also going to beat you on play action. They've got one of the best tight ends in the league as well. So I think Amos is going to be a crucial piece in this game because he's that middle-of-the-field defender who's going to come up. He's going to be in run support, but he's also going to be responsible for keeping guys like Kittle in check and providing help for young guys like Stokes who are earning more playing time but are still learning on the fly. So I'm looking for Amos to be all over the field, and I think he'll be really impactful in this game. All right. Yeah, I, I actually really agree with you there. I think Amos and I almost picked Darnell Savage as yeah, my next sure. factor this week. And I, I think both of those guys are going to be crucial in in the Packers being able to contain this 49ers offense. But um, just really quick, you know, is is there a, a what do you feel like the path for a 49ers victory is or, you know, on the flip side, maybe what what the Packers path to victory is for Sunday night? Yeah, I think for me, I think that there's two factors here. And I think the first one is that the 49ers can run the ball. I know that that's like every Packers fan's worst nightmare because we've lived it, right? They just keep handing the ball off and there's nothing we can do. Uh, But I think there's a scenario where their offensive line just plays so well and our defensive line struggles where that can be a reality. I don't want to see it, but I can see it happening. The other piece of this is the Packers offense. I think their key to ensuring victory is that the the offense is just firing on all cylinders. I think if if the Packers offense runs to the extent that it can, I think that they should beat this 49ers team regardless of how well that running game works. But if the offense sputters and they're only effective, say, half the time and they're mixing in punts and maybe making mistakes and turnovers, then I think this game gets really, really interesting in a game that maybe comes down to more clock control and time management. So it could get dicey. I hate the 49ers, and so let's hope it doesn't go there. But tell me what you think is going to have to happen for the Packers to get this win. Yeah, I think in addition to your comment about the 49ers getting the running game open, then that opens up the play action to Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And, yeah. you know, the Packers are a little bit vulnerable to to some of that over-the-middle stuff um, that that we've seen. So, you know, you – you you know if they're going to have to commit tons and tons of resources to the run game that those big plays are going to be there for the 49ers. On the flip side, I think the the danger of the Packers offense stalling, you mentioned this some of the stuff that they control themselves, right? Turnovers, uh, you know, other mistakes that they make. But I really think that the the other thing that scares me is just the offensive line giving up pressure because mm-hmm. No quarterback is going to deal with that well. We know the 49ers have an incredibly talented group of pass rushers. And so if the Packers can't get the running game going and you allow Nick Bosa and company to really tee off, mm. that's going to be a problem for Aaron Rodgers and, and a pretty inexperienced interior of the offensive line going on the road. So um, the, those, those are the things that I'm looking up for. And it's interesting because I think when you look from a roster standpoint, there are similarities to the 49ers as there were to the New Orleans Saints in that you thought that the secondary was something that you could exploit. And it seemed like the Packers went into that game with a game plan of like, we're just going to let Rodgers, I mean, they didn't have a ton of opportunities, you know, limited options or snaps on offense, but it felt like they thought they could put the ball in Rodgers' hands and just beat up on that secondary. And then it felt like we kind of returned more to a true LaFleur identity for this Lions game. And so hopefully they learned from that first week one game and we don't look at this 49ers matchup in the same way that's like, oh, we're just going to, you know, air it out and assume that we can beat these young corners because, like I said, 
Lenore has played really well. So maybe you just don't assume that and you just stick to your identity and make sure that you can run the ball. So it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of a path and game plan they choose for this game. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really easy to forget is the youthfulness and inexperience of Matt LaFleur. He's been so successful, but coaches have to learn just like players do. And every coach has mistakes in their game plan, even Bill Belichick. So, you know, it. I, I think I think this is a learning process. And for Matt LaFleur, maybe he got a little ahead of himself on the game plan for New Orleans. And you're going to see some of the, some of those learning experiences. And, and I'm sure, as always, he's very motivated to go out and put on a good performance against his his old mentor in, in Kyle Shanahan. So I'm um, really excited about Sunday night. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back getting you ready for the Packers week four game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a great game that is. Yeah, that'll be fun. Really, like two NFL historical franchises. But thanks for listening. And as always, remember. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.